Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast on Eagle's Wings. Today we want to continue our study in dealing with the teachings of Jesus. In dealing with the teachings of Jesus, I believe that it is the only way that we can know for sure exactly what our Heavenly Father wants us to know about a particular subject. We noted previously what God has said about the authority of Jesus Christ as recorded in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Our Heavenly Father has now spoken to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. If we truly seek to know what God desires for us to understand on any subject, then we must read and study what Jesus has to say about that subject. Not only what he taught during his life on earth, but also what he teaches us through his disciples. It is our plan then in these podcasts to look at the teaching of Jesus on a particular subject. And we want to begin a look at what Jesus taught about both heaven and hell. And so in this podcast, we'll look at what Jesus said about heaven. A lot of people in the world want to know what is going to happen after we die. It is an age-old question and one that still confuses people. Now, part of that confusion comes from a willingness to misunderstand God's Word. When studying the Bible, it is necessary for us to remove any preconceived notions about what we think will happen. We must study God's Word and then learn what He says will happen. Unless we do this, then we will try and mix what we already believe or we will try and dismiss what God's Word clearly teaches because it does not conform to what we already believe. And when that happens, we will not come to the proper conclusion and learning the truth of God's Word. Far too many people want God's Word to be fair. By this they mean that no one is unduly punished and everybody ends up with exactly the same thing. But sadly, this will not be so. This does not mean that God wants everyone to have something different. On the contrary, God does want everyone to have the same result. He wants both you and me to have and enjoy eternal life with him. Peter was inspired to write in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's true desire is that all men should be saved, and this is why the world continues to this day. However, God's will is not to force anyone to do something against their own choice. He has created us as beings with the ability to choose. And although he will do all he can to encourage us to make the right choice, 
it won't stop us from making the wrong choice. And he won't force us to make the right choice. Part of the way God encourages us to make the right choice is by telling us about the rewards in making the right choice, that we can spend in eternity with him in heaven. Now, the word heaven comes from the Greek word oranos, O-U-R-A-N-O-S. In its simplest sense, it means just that area which is above the earth. So it can mean sky as in the birds of the heavens, or it can mean the place where the planets exist, the heavens above. But for the child of God, it references that unseen place where God exists. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, as found in Matthew 6, he told them to pray to God as our Father which is in heaven, Matthew 6, verse 9. What else do we learn about heaven from what Jesus teaches in the scriptures? In Mark 13, verse 32, Jesus said, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Recorded in Matthew 25, verse 46, when Jesus was speaking about the final judgment, he said, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. In John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 31, we read, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then verse 32, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. And then he went on to say in verse 33, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Jesus said, The manna which came from heaven came from our Father. Again in John's Gospel, chapter 14, in verses 1 through 4, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. Here, Jesus promises that he personally is preparing an eternal place of rest for his followers. It is where his Father is, thus we know it is in heaven. As Luke recorded at the end of his gospel, and the beginning at the book of Acts, he talks about Jesus departing this earth and returning to the Father in heaven. The account in Acts chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Another thing that Jesus taught is that heaven would be a place of comfort. When Jesus, as recorded in Luke's gospel, told the story of Lazarus and the rich man, 
He referred to that place that Lazarus would go to as Abraham's bosom. In Luke 16, verse 22, we read, And it came to pass that the beggar, and that's the man named Lazarus, died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Later in this story, when the rich man asks Abraham for help, Abraham tells him, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receives the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things? But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. That's in verse 25. Now, we recognize that Abraham's bosom is that which is happening right now, prior to the final judgment. However, both with regards to Lazarus and the rich man, they would be given a foretaste of what was to come. So if that is true, then Lazarus is now being comforted, and that comfort would not cease once he returned to heaven. Jesus said that God sees us from heaven. We're not to think that because heaven is a place that we cannot see, that it is hidden and unknown. Jesus promises disciples that our Heavenly Father watches over us and sees us now. With regards to helping the poor, Jesus taught his disciples not to make a big production out of it, like some of the religious leaders did. They did so because they wanted others to see them and to know about their generosity. They wanted to be congratulated by men for what they did. In contrast, in Matthew 6 verse 4, Jesus said, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. God is the God of the living, and he watches over us. We may be doing things that others can't see, but God can. Jesus said that heaven is a place of rejoicing. Again, in Luke's gospel, Jesus tells three parables in Luke chapter 15. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son, or what we commonly refer to as the prodigal son. These are found in Luke 15, verses 4 through 32. With regards to the outcome of the shepherd first finding his lost sheep, and then the woman finding her lost coin, here is what Jesus said in verse 7 and then in verse 10. With regard to the shepherd finding the sheep, he said, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And then he said, Likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. There is activity right now going on in heaven. And that activity is of those who rejoice over fallen ones who, in learning the truth, repent and return to God. Heaven is a living and active and rejoicing place. And heaven is a place where God's authority still rules. Again, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, Jesus taught them that the will of the Father should be the same whether it was in heaven or on earth. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 and 10, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Later in Luke's gospel, Jesus asked the religious leaders this question. The baptism of John, 
Was it from heaven or of men? Luke 20, verse 4. The religious leaders had been prodding Jesus to provide evidence of what he was doing and by what authority he did those miracles. So they understood what Jesus was asking them when he said, of heaven or of men. They knew that if they said the baptism of John was from heaven, then they would be asked, why did you not obey? If it came from heaven, it came with God's authority, and they had to obey, but they did not. So they were left with only one answer. It came from men. But they couldn't answer that it came from men because they feared the people who held John in high regard and who did obey him. They thus knew disobeying John was disobeying God because John came with God's authority. Thus, what do we see Jesus teaching about heaven? He teaches that God dwells in heaven. It is where his throne is located. We can't see heaven, but he tells us that it does exist, and it is where God the Father presently dwells. The word dwell simply means to live or have one's abiding there. As God is the God of heaven and of all things, he abides now in heaven. And that our heavenly Father knows our needs even though he is in heaven. When the disciples were taught to pray, it was to the Father in heaven who would hear and provide an answer to prayer. The same exists for us today. God hears and he answers the prayers of those who are his, and he does so from heaven. He is not limited by time or space. He knows our needs and is completely capable of providing for those needs. That Jesus himself came from heaven. Jesus existed with the Father from eternity. He was with the Father in creation. He submitted himself to the Father's will. He gave up the glory and bliss of heaven so that he might come to this earth and give himself as the only true and perfect sacrifice for our sins. Unless we fully understand what that means, how much Jesus gave up to save our souls, then we cannot truly understand his sacrifice and our great need and what it cost our Father and his Son in order to purchase our pardon. Jesus taught heaven is eternal. Just as we learned in a previous broadcast in dealing with the teachings of Jesus and how his words would last forever, so too we recognize that heaven is an eternal place. Unlike earth, which will be destroyed, we don't have to worry about it decaying or fading away. Heaven is created by God to be an eternal resting place. And finally, that Jesus returned to heaven. Again, it's often amazing what people can concoct or what they're willing to believe without first looking at the Bible, without first reading God's word to see if such things are true. Jesus didn't just disappear when he left earth, and he didn't go to another planet. He returned to the Father who is in heaven. There's much more that we can learn about heaven, but what we want to say then is this. Jesus, as the Son of God, who's with the Father in creation, and he knows about heaven and he knows about hell, and he taught that such were real. The disciples learned that these places exist and they were taught to believe that they could go to one and taught to avoid the other. Knowing this, what will you do 
Will you believe that heaven exists and that in obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can go there? Or will you refuse the gospel and then find yourself sadly in that other place that you don't want to believe that exists that is known as hell? The gospel is taught so that you can embrace the one, heaven, and avoid the other, hell. Knowing this, what will you do? Whatever choice you make will have a great effect today on where you spend eternity. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you for listening to our podcast on Eagle's Wings.